Please be aware that this episode may contain some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Pink Triangle Podcast, a new five-episode series brought to you by Pink Saltire, an LGBT plus charity in Scotland. Throughout this series, we'll be hearing the stories of many LGBT plus folk from across the country, including those that have moved to Scotland from elsewhere around the world. This podcast has been supported with funding from the Year of Stories 2022 Community Stories Fund, which is being delivered in partnership between Visit Scotland and Museums Galleries Scotland, with support from the National Lottery Heritage Fund. Welcome back. I'm your host, Rachel, and this week I spoke with Stephen McKell, who you may have seen on TikTok and various other platforms on social media. Hi, my name is Stephen McKell. I am 28 years old and I'm from Bonnie, Scotland. I love to make content, make people laugh. Uh, I identify as asexual, which is someone who doesn't have any sexual attraction towards any gender. Um, And yeah, just little old me trying to make a little difference in this big bad world. Stephen explained to me a little about when he first realised that he was asexual. He knew that he felt different in his teens, but he didn't then have a word for it. I've kind of, even as a teenager, I just was so nonchalant about all about sexuality. I think it's so overrated. I think it's like there's so much there's so much pressure on it, and I'm like, oh, like who cares? So I think even then I was in like you know I was like fourteen, fifteen. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, why is everyone so bored about this? I think even then I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe like that doesn't that just doesn't work, does it? It's all different to what people are telling me it's supposed to be. And I was like, this is strange. Um, and then when I when I found out what asexual was, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. How people talk talked about how they felt or didn't feel when they were um, not having sexual attraction. And I was like, this is my family. This is my tribe. And um, it's a very surreal moment to kind of because I didn't I didn't I didn't place a lot of importance on it until I really then discovered what asexuality was and I thought oh this makes a lot of sense now I feel at home that I can't that I'm not that something's not wrong with me because nothing is wrong with me it's just how I identify but early 20s is when I really was like this is what it is okay love that for me. Stephen has found a community of friends and like-minded people online and even though they don't all live close by they have become a wonderful support network for each other. You know a lot of my life is online and a lot of my best friends come don't live where I live, I live down in England somewhere, um, or like in America. So I'm used to not having like a lot of people that um close to being around like that. Like, oh. and you get different perspectives as well, and people on how they live and where they're from and things like that. So I live a lot of my life online. It just it still feels just as if they were here, really. So for me, I still take uh, just as much away if they were here, just as much as they are if they're online, if that makes sense. In terms of representation, Stephen said that he wishes that there was more education and a deeper understanding of asexuality. He hopes that the identity can become more visible amongst the media and the community. So I think in terms of representation, there's, there, is a, there is asexual people out there that are, doing, that are doing a lot more than I am. And I feel like that's okay. Like I still advocate and I still support those people and I and and I'll still fight the good fight and still speak to people and and do these kind of things as well to try and spread the message. Yeah, yeah. there should be more and I think it does get forgotten forgotten about a lot. 
and sometimes it's ignorance and sometimes it's like people just not knowing um but you know and you see some representation sometimes like we see it on like sex education like there was a really good scene on that where the girl comes out and she says have you heard of asexual and um but even then like the explanation of it it's not it's not deep enough you know it, like when it comes to the other parts of the lgbt plus community when they're on tv and movies and stuff there's a lot more deeper explanation of what it is whereas with as- asexuality it's kind of like oh that's people who don't like sex and that's it. And like, well, that's not true. And that's I mean, we need more. You know, some people, a lot of them, like enjoy it. And it's there's so much more to the sexuality than um, sexual attraction. If that makes sense. Exactly. You know? um, exactly. And I think that we're we're trying to 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 push forward and be seen more and be visible. But there's 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 way more that can be done in the space to kind of support the community and and, and put them in the front line of. Um, movies and tv shows and giving them the spaces in the in the, in the lgbtqia plus community um because we should work together and like i think that we don't seeing it as taken away from one to give to another is not true we're all we're all trying to make sure and as long as even people that are asexual see that as well as what we're doing is, is helping the whole community and showing people that, that everyone's different and if someone doesn't understand who we are we can tell them, and if they then don't want to take that on and they want to be difficult with that, then that's not them problem, and it's not a me problem. And we can't live our life really un- like trying to convince people that don't want to be convinced, you know? Stephen spoke about the power of the community and a content creator that he admires, Yasmin Benoit. Representation-wise, I mean, we're seeing it more, I think, a little bit over the, the last like year or two. There's a really great advocate that um who I follow her name is Jasmine Benoit, and she's basically like, you know, when I was just trying to learn more information about you know asexuality was she was someone that and she's a black creator as well, and she just and she really, really absolutely is unapologetic about her sexuality and and, and also be a black woman in that space. And like being able to like see it from her perspective has really helped me kind of understand myself and like the representation community. And she's on like magazine covers. And some people just, you know, I, I'll see her go through a lot of stuff where people really tear her down and, and really come for her. And she suffers a lot of racism. And it's it's the same as in this community, it's the same as in other communities as well. You know, she suffers from racism and um, discrimination. And that doesn't stop her. Stephen has faced some backlash on social media in terms of his sexuality. However, he has a no-nonsense attitude towards people who try to bring him down. Yeah, I mean, on social media, I have, because um, it's trying to explain it. So I'll make, I'll make videos about it and things like that. And I've been quite vocal about my, my sexuality um, in the last few years. And I think people are just like, because they don't understand it, they'd say, no, you're not, like, you're just... More, more or less a lot of the stuff is like no it's not that people don't it's not that you're not sexually attracted it's just that people don't want you because you're so ugly and stuff and I'm like and but for me I just genuinely this is not and this people might, might listen to this or watch this and be like oh he's a bit big-headed I'm hot so for, in my mind it doesn't that, that doesn't correlate with me so I don't get down when people go oh it's just because you're fat and ugly that's why no one wants to have sex with you I'm like not true and I was like and I can't it doesn't bother me now I'm just like no nah, I'm hot like it doesn't matter like so what you're saying it doesn't make sense to my fantasy I'll do a Valentina moment it doesn't make sense to me gorgeous I do have barriers where people will just you know fill you with like, like hate or send you DMs be like what you're saying is incorrect like I don't believe in that 
like you're taken away from other people, parts like that, which is always difficult when it when the barriers are, are trying to pitting us against other people that that I've had mass, a lot of respect for, especially like you know gay people and and lesbian people. Stephen also acknowledged the unique identities and difficulties that we all face as members of the LGBT plus community. You know, I don't see it as going up against other letters in the LGBT plus community, like, you know, trans and gay, because we all have our own struggle and, to, and really we're all in it together and we should support one another. Like, you know, I support my trans brothers and sisters the same as I support people that are bisexual and gay, etc. You know, sometimes you can get people that like, well, you've not struggled and you've not, and you don't know the struggle, it's different. And I was like, I understand that. I would never know what it's like to maybe come out as gay or things like that. Well, I will have a lot, within the community. We'll have a lot of you know. You don't know the struggle. Like you're just you're trying you're trying to dampen every every experiences. And it's like that's not correct. Like I've got two gay brothers. I've got a bisexual sister. I've got met a lot of friends that are gay and trans, and that I've loved watching come out in their own story and giving them that that space to do that. He has come across barriers towards his identity as there can be a lot of misunderstanding around what exactly asexuality involves. And, and, and they say, oh, well, asexual people don't like sex. And I'm like, no, that's, like, that's not what it is. And they're like, well, you're not, you shouldn't be part of the community. I'm like, anything that's not heteronormative is in that community because we're not the normative. So when I say to you, I don't have sexual attraction because that's what we've been brought up to think that we have to have um, and drilled into us. So when I say I don't have that, I'm not in the community with the the heterosexuals. You know what I mean? So trying to so it's it's trying to explain the the struggle of ex, like letting people know how we feel, and it's difficult doing that. So I think that there's a lot of barriers when it comes to people understanding and wanting to understand. I think they've already kind of made their minds up, um, which is you know, and people that are the LGBTQIA plus like once you explain to them, they're way more understanding because I think they understand they understand the feeling of not being understood yeah so like they can really get it and they're like oh okay that makes sense and I think that a lot of people I have had a lot of pushback from people within the community that I'd be like you're just you're, you're just taking away from experiences people that I've actually struggled I'm like I'm not telling you I've struggled I came out to mom and dad and was like he yeah, asexual so some, it was very easy for me so I've never had to I don't sit and go on about that and I'm very lucky to not have a family that are really judgy You, you get a lot of pushback with online and people are not understanding and then that's the difficult part of it and you know and um if you're doing something that's solely just about your sexuality is where you can get a lot of hate because people don't understand it or they don't want to listen or they don't believe that it's true so it's about it's about it's also about learning to pick your pick and choose your battles like there's some people that you just I said, I'm not, not going to reply to you. I'm not even going to get digni dignify you with a response because I know what you're looking for and it's mm. not to have a conversation it's to argue Exactly. Um, I don't want to waste my time trying to. I say educate, but I don't want to say educate as if like that's like demeaning. But I've been educated a lot. A lot of people educate me in certain things, and uh, if people want to know and learn, I'll teach them. But I also don't know all the answers. Um, I I look to other people, um, you know, online that are that can have a better vernacular and can s say things better than I can. Because sometimes I can't 
get what's in my head onto paper or onto like speech. It's not dyslexia, it just happens, you know. We spoke about Stephen's feelings on being open and proud and the many reasons people have for coming out. He told me about his own coming out story and just how supportive his family has been. I think it is important to kind of, you know, say that, you know, coming out is one of those things where if you're not heteronormative, you're not a a straight person, then coming out is something that people have to do because not that it's like, it doesn't take away from someone else's experience, but what it does is it gives you that um, that feeling of, okay, I am who I am and this is, I want people to know. And that's why coming out is just another thing of coming out, which I think is, again, people shouldn't have to do. I think it should just be normal. They're proud as well. And I think that's it's the same kind of anyone that's coming out. It's because they want people to experience them 100% and their real and their authenticity. Um, so it's not always just about like, oh, telling someone because you're just like, just because you want them to know, but it's about being proud of yourself and it's about being like, okay, I'm taking this step to owning who I am. Mm. And when I came out, it was, I was in the back of a car and I was like, mum and dad, I was like, I'm totally not asexual, which is someone who doesn't have any sexual attraction towards any men or women. I was like, but can romantically be attracted to a man or a woman or any, uh, or someone that's non-binary or can be both, I can be one. Um, and the very my mum is very very like oh you know what I've, I, I think I've had maybe one or two friends when I was um you know in the 80s and something like that that were asexual they were always had a similar kind of mindset um but back then like we didn't know we didn't really have a lot of like words for what it was and so she was very much like oh yeah that's fine she's got two gay children and a bisexual child so she's like she's been through the ringer she called it a rainbow family yeah you know she's got all of us representing in the LGBT, LGBTQIA plus community so they were very fine with it and it was, you know, when I explained it to my siblings and things like that, they were like, oh, okay. And like, it kind of makes sense, so like, because, like, you're very much, like, so nonchalant about, which is my experience, I'm so nonchalant about sexuality and, like, relationships where other asexual people have committed relationships. They, uh, some of them have really healthy relationships. They don't, ha- they don't have to be intimate. Some of them are intimate because um, having to explain that sex is, like, a such a small part of being in a relationship for some people it's a very big part but you also have romantic romantic uh, feelings you have physical attraction you have emotional attraction i was very very fortunate yes people don't really understand i think that it's probably easier to come out or as asexual than it is to come out as another like some gay or trans or etc or lesbian because there's really not so much stigma around asexuality so for that reason it is a little bit easier to be like oh i'm like and it's this and this and you kind of explain it so I always kind of appreciate that I'm very lucky that way because there's still a lot of people that aren't and there's a lot of people that go through horrendous situations with their family just to try to be who they are and I always commend them for that. To live your authentic life and to know that you could lose everyone by doing that is scary. However, it's a necessary part of you growing up and showing people that I am who I am. If you don't want to be a part of my life, that is unfortunate, but I'm not going to stop being who I am because of you. And I like that. And, yeah, and, and sexuality has been referenced all the way back in, in, from like the 60s and 70s. People don't realise that, but that's been referenced in documentation. Um, asexuality has been referenced from back then. So it's been around for a long time. It's just very much, um, you know, people 
maybe be afraid or scared or don't, or don't understand like why do I feel like why do I not feel what how everyone else is feeling and this is strange to me yeah I think it has been kind of synonymous with other sexualities and I think like, that's I understand that because I think people have these categories of LGBT and that's really that's all it has been for a long time um, the plus is only something in the last 20 years that's really been not even 20 years that's really been pushed been like hey there's more there's more of us and we're all there's this there's a big family and there's more of us you know Definitely. Um, but yeah. Sure. Stephen credited social media for bringing asexuality to the forefront and being able to help other people who are coming out and discovering themselves. However, he still highlighted the need for more understanding and a more accurate representation of asexuality and the other identities within that. Um, but it's all about representation. I mean, seeing someone that you identify with on TV that you can watch, TV, social media, whatever it is, is massively important. If I had that growing up, it'd be very different. I think we're, we're all like that. If we have, if we've seen a lot of people like ourselves more on TV or social media growing up, it'd be maybe a bit different. But, you know, back in, I see back in my day, I'm only 28. But like it's, you know, when I was young, you, didn't see, you know, you didn't see someone that was asexual. You, you, really, you really see someone that was gay. Mm. Um, I never meant someone who's fat, funny, and asexual. Like no one's ever going to get that. Um, so, you know what I mean? Like you don't see a lot of that. So I think representation matters. I mean, it needs to be across the whole board. Yeah. In every district, acting, performance, music, modelling, social media, um, agencies. Like that just needs to be, um, they need to be taken, like, serious. A lot of people are, are still a bit unsure about it. They've heard, like, oh, what's that? And, and just like, oh, so it doesn't like sex. And so, like, no, there's so many, there's so many, like, it's asexuality is like a term, and there's, there's so many umbrella terms that go beneath that, like aromantic, biromantic, and heteronormative romantic, and things like that. And there's just so many, so many um, people that identify within that. Um, that, like I say, I do know or are just figuring it out. Like, I was, people are like, oh, you must have. No, I'm quite young. Like, no, not really. I was in my twenties because um, there wasn't really, there wasn't, there just wasn't anything that I could see anywhere. Social media has catapulted it into a way that people can access it and understand it. The Twitter community is quite big on it. Um, mm. I have a lot of people that follow on that who share a lot of information. However, they people are very passionate. Um, but because I've got a platform, which I'm very, very grateful for and very humble for, be, being sexuality is something that people talk about and there's a lot of young people are on there a lot of teenagers so when they ask it's like you know that's what I am and they go well I like I'm confused I don't know what I am like and that's fine yeah that's great and I think and they should experience and ask questions about coming out and stuff like that and like the biggest thing about that stuff is that you could do it for yourself not for anyone else exactly it's it's similar it's we're all connected in the LGBT plus community we're all connected in a way because we're all people that will share a common um share a common thing that goes around that people don't really understand and and that can either lead to people not wanting to speak to us or know us or can lead to like people taking the piss or like taking advantage of us because you know we're, we're different so I think we all have that in common where we can kind of support each other as long as we do because there's some people that don't there's some people that are assholes um, <laughs> you, get people, you get people who are straight or heterosexual do that you get people that are LGBT yeah. plus do that. it doesn't matter you know what I mean it's sexual because it's such a I, I personally feel like it's such a small part of who I am, but it is important. Um, and I think that it's good to acknowledge that. Same with yourself. You know?
I asked Stephen what he would tell his younger self if he could. I always ask people that question when I'm asking. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> I, usually, I, I usually say, like, I just tell people to F off more. I always say that. And I think that's quite, like a, well, that's quite boring. I think I'd tell, tell my younger self to just tell people F off more and just really don't take any crap from anyone. You know, when I was younger, I think I appeased a lot of people. I'd done a lot to, to do whatever I could to make them happy. Friends, for example, and and who weren't really friends to me, who weren't really nice and, and vice versa. And I was a bit of a, not a nice person when I was a teenager and I could be very vindictive. And like, I know that now and I'm very controlling. So I think if I if I just said, you know, I felt more when I was a bit more younger than that, I don't, I don't think I would have got to that kind of nasty place that I, that I got to when I was coming out of my teen years. Um, because um, I would have just taken time to just get to know myself more instead of trying to, try to make other people happy. I could mm. just try to make myself happy and just said no and just said, go away. I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to be involved in this. Because I didn't, it turned me into a bit of a, like a sour grape, if that makes sense. Plus many other things, like, <laughs> you know, don't get the Justin Bieber haircut, that, the long hair that I used to have, which used to, like, straighten it, it used to go into my face. It was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so, so bad. And every time I'd sweat, it'd just get wet. And it was just... Oh, just, no. Yeah. I would I would change that. And, if, and I also would, like, slap everyone that told me that it looked good because they lied to me several times growing up. And I had that for years as well. It was not cute. Stephen had so many wise words for people growing up now and people questioning their identities. And he spoke about how proud he was of the next generation coming up. I think it's a great thing because actually back then, you think that, oh, it's like, oh this is, if there's someone that's young, there's a teenager watching this, it's like, you know, from the ages of like 13 to like 18, oh, like, see, like, do you think things that are going on there are the biggest part of the problems of your life? Like, the, oh my God, someone doesn't want to speak to me. That's like my biggest problem. No, it's not. No. See, when you get when you get past 18, you go into your 20s, someone not talking to you or is not the biggest thing in your life. Like, see, like, being yourself is so much, you get older, you realise, seeing being, like, truly authentic to who you are. And I knew those people when I was growing up, and I, was, I thought, oh, God, they're a, bit, they're a bit too much. They're a bit like, no. Oh, if I could go back there, I would have shook their hands and be like, I'm going to join you and your crew. Because those people are, were, are trailblazers for me back then, I think about it. As we're both millennials, we spoke about our experiences growing up and how our attitudes towards our sense of self and identity have changed over the years. Just be who you want to be and just live life because living it through someone else's eyes or for someone else, it's just not great. And I think that us millennials have done that quite a lot to appease people. And then we get and, and, and the Gen Z that are coming up now, and they don't, and they and that back puts people off a lot, and they go, "Oh my generation, we had no, we we were just scared. That's why we didn't do anything. Yeah. We were a little bit scared. We just kind of tried to follow what our parents done. Um, whereas this Gen Z that are coming up now and this new generation, they don't care. So a lot of a lot of millennials now, we're kind of coming around to being like, yeah, you know what, we can do what we want. If you ask someone who was like 20 what was doing when they were younger, they'd probably be like advocate and lobbying the politicians to save the world. And I'm like, you know what, work. Like yeah. they would. I'm like, I'm like, don't go like drinking in the streets when I was like 14. <laughs> uh, and they're like, I want to be a politician. I would have like done better in school and like, became like a, a lawyer and like saved the world. And I think that's so funny how the generations work. How definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm proud of this generation very much. So. Yeah, a little bit envious, do. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm a little bit envious too. I think that 
I, I spent so long. I waste. I didn't waste so much. I've, I've enjoyed my life and what I've done. But they're so they're so well clued up. But I like to think we paved the way a little bit. You know, I like to think that we've, we've <laughs> uh, our generation kind of we were the first people that were on social media. We're the first people that were on making it big, making it what it is today. Um, mm. But yeah, they just really don't care, and I love that. I think you see them. On, I see them obviously do TikTok was my biggest platform. And I see them on there just really living. who are millennials and they've all said the same answer and it is really heartbreaking a lot of millennials are just are very much like we, we don't waste what we did in a way we, like, those teenage years of, of, of discovering who you are don't really have that because I don't really I think social media has a, has a, a big part to play in that or representation TV shows and movies where what we're obviously we're watched everyone watches TV all the time or, or online and you're seeing way more you're seeing way more representation and different variations of what life is Whereas when I was watching it growing up, it was very much just similar. Very, there was nothing. There was nothing. No one else like me that was growing up. So I wanted to be the person I never had on like TV and stuff. But yeah, I think we all have the same. We all have the same answer. Anyone that knows my age, I was like, I just think be myself more. I'm like, I know, it's, and that's heartbreaking because you thought there's so much time is wasted. But in reality, I think that what it does is it helps us be who we are even more now because we've not had that ten years beforehand. So I, I just see it as as. That was just my trial run, and now is now is now I'm pay as you go, and now I'm just going to be who I am. And um, yeah, I think we're all very similar in that aspect. That's why I'm quite envious to people that are younger who don't really care. And I'm like, <laughs> you should care, but no, you shouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. Not like I did in the inside. <laughs> exactly. Finally, Stephen spoke about self confidence and authenticity, both of which are very important to him. You know, being big, which is the least interesting thing about me is my size. Um, and, everyone, and that's the first thing you see about me. So people are always assume like, oh, I'm like, yeah, but being fat is like the least interesting thing about me. And they're just like, and, and, and the connotations that come with being plus size as well is like, I know we're diverting from that, but I think that has a big part to play in like confidence and uh, has a big part to play in sexuality and like where, where your role is supposed to fit, depending mm. on how you look like. And I'm just like, absolutely not. I'm like, I'm sexy, I'm hot. And that's just the cheap. There's really no other way. To, to live and people just people can't fathom that like people can't fathom they can't understand that someone that's fat and I say fat because I don't think it's a negative word that someone who's fat is like um oh it's so see the outrage that comes to people yeah you can't I can't walk I can't walk with my t-shirt off because I I know, I know I'm hot but I look at myself and like man like it's cute like I love it and people are like no it's disgusting I'm like that's a you problem not a me problem as because you, you can do half what I could do um, and I just yeah and people are bewildered and they go crazy and they're so upset by just seeing a fat body existing yeah and I'm like, existing for a long time I think that's where a lot of my advocacy comes in is body um, confidence and body acceptance and if my existence offends you honey the world is not going to be a good place for you to live in I can promise you that because there's way <laughs> more people that are funnier bigger and more awesome than me that are just living their authentic life so if that annoys you you're going to have such a tough time (laughs) 
you so much to Stephen for joining me on this episode of the Pink Triangle Podcast and all the laughs we had along the way. He is a wonderful advocate for the asexual community and a joy to chat with. Thank you so much to everyone who has taken part in the Pink Triangle Podcast for LGBT Plus History Month. I hope you have enjoyed listening to these stories over LGBT Plus History Month. Over the past few weeks, I have listened to many different members of the LGBT Plus community of different ages and different backgrounds. One common wish they shared was that they had always been their authentic selves without having to hide, and that they hadn't kept negative people in their lives. It seems to resonate particularly strongly with the LGBT plus community that many of us just want to express who we truly are without fear or ridicule. Be yourself is a common mantra repeated by many. Access to education was also highlighted as being important and many spoke about the increased focus on LGBT plus rights in school curriculums throughout Scotland. Our storytellers also spoke about bringing the community together, giving a voice to more marginalised members of the community and making it a place of inclusion. This has been the Pink Triangle Podcast. Thank you so much to our funders and to everyone who has taken part. You'll be hearing more from us soon, but in the meantime, if you have a story you would like to share, please get in touch at pinksaltire.com. Mm-hmm.